1: Oh, hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of What Did I Miss? My name is Michelle, and today we are joined by my good, great, lovely, fabulous friend, Ms. Renee Stubbs, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah! Joining us live, by the way, from across the pond, for Wimbledon, of course. What's what's going on?
0: Well, I'm so proud of, proud of you for a lot of reasons. One, of getting all the superlatives right <laughs> for me, but also that you said Wimbledon and not Wimbledon. So thanks for that. Wait. Who says Wimbledon? So many people, Wimbledon. especially Americans. Really?
1: Yes. Well, really. they're stupid, though. You know that. That's, that's a really dumb country. But you're America. No, I'm A, I'm very jealous uh, that you're over there. That's my favorite thing that's happening right now. And you'd be proud of me. I watched almost the entire four and a half hour Nadal Fritz match today. So I was excited that you were coming on because that just happened to happen the same day. But before we get to that, Can we talk about you for a second? Because I realized as I was reading up before this podcast that I've known you for years now and we've hung out, we've gone to dinner, whatever. I've never actually known your professional resume. I didn't realize I was talking to Billy Badass all of those (laughs) times that we were hanging out. I'm sorry. Four Grand Slam doubles titles, two mixed doubles titles, six majors, uh, four uh, uh, Olympic Games representing Australia. I had no idea. I just thought you were my friend Renee. You're so humble. How?
0: You just thought I was somebody that you'd like to have a beer with. <laughs> yes. I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, no it offense. turns out you're a badass.
0: <laughs> no offense, but, I mean, truly, actually, what's interesting, Beads, is that you and I met here in London when we were both doing the Olympic Games here in London. We did. Yes.
1: You, yes. you, were, you were Oh, my about, God, I didn't
0: even think about, about that. Seven about seven of the talent that went to that free barbecue and you <laughs> and Carolyn Mano <laughs> and me and Randy Moss. Uh, uh, i don't know so ri. So- I mean, it was that's how long we've known each other. And yeah, I mean, clearly I was commentating, so you had to think I'd done something.
1: Of course, yes. And we are going to talk about the uh, the player turn media because of it's so much sort of happening right now, especially on the NBA side, and I want to see if it's touched tennis yet at all. But now you're doing a little bit of everything. You're obviously obviously still commentating, as you are right now, podcast coaching, like, I don't understand how you juggle all of these things. What takes the most time?
0: Oh, TV. You know what it's like. I mean, uh, hours are really long, long here at Wimbledon and I'm, I'm coaching. Uh, I've, I'm losing my voice. I've, I've been t- talking so much, but um, I'm also coaching Sam Stosa, who's in the mixed doubles final tomorrow here at Wimbledon. So um, that's- I love it. I mean, that's really joyful for me to be a coach, you know, because I get to get on the court still. And and I'm also. I'm also playing in the old farts here. So I have I was going to gonna say, I've
1: seen your Instagram. You're
0: doing yeah. stuff. So yesterday I did TV for, oh, I don't even know, seven and a half hours straight. Then I went and oh my God. coached and then I played. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's a little busy here, but I love it. I love Wimbledon. There's just nothing like it. Have you ever been?
1: No. And today was another reminder that I was like, all right, this is on the bucket list. I know. I know. You know what I'm going to do next year? I'm going to time it to where I go over there. I go for F1 and Wimbledon and I just make like a whole sports trip out of it. Cause it it just, it looks so elegant and beautiful and lovely. And it's just everything I want to be a part of, but coaching for me, like, first of all, I could never be a coach. I don't have the patience. Um, I hate people making mistakes. It just drives me crazy. Are you patient as a coach or are you just like a, a buster? Um, I was a very emotional
0: player. So (laughs) It was super important for me to look up and see my coach just like, it's okay, you're doing great. And then, you know, the minute you turn around as a player, your coach is sitting there going, you know, that's me. I'm pretty stoic. There are times (laughs) that I get a little emotional, but the girl I'm coaching, I played doubles with. So she knows exactly my personality. So, you know, if I get a little bit uh, antsy, she can understand but it, it, it's not easy. It's not easy to sit there and be stoic. But you, you know, I know as, a, as an ex-player, it's super important for you to be as positive as you can because you can really hurt your player if you're, you're being very demonstratively negative. So for me, it's super important to stay very positive. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, 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 you could crush their spirit mm. just like that. All right, Wimbledon, 100 years yeah. at Centre Court. Of course, we spell it Centre court i don't want to be ignorant about that How, has it felt different have there been sort of festivities or things that they've been doing to celebrate it yeah they did an
0: amazing um celebration the other day they had a lot of um great former champions roger federer even came and turned up um sadly the 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 winningest champion here at wimbledon the nine-time wimbledon champion um martina Navratilova, got COVID like two days before the event so that was a <gasps> no! massive Massive bummer because everyone walked out, Billie Jean King, Rod Laver, <sighs> Novak Djokovic, Rafa, uh, Simona Halep, Kerber, all the f- former champions. There were some that weren't here like Pete Sampras, Steffi Graf, Andre Agassi, um, but Bjorn Borg was here, who I was like, obsessed with as a kid. Um, so unfortunately, the last person that was supposed to come out and ha- have this great um, honor was Martina Navratilova, And sadly, she was stuck in her house. With COVID. So that was a big bummer. So we've had the 100-year the- centennial of center court. Of course, we have the controversy this year at Wimbledon, as you know, no Russians, no Belarusians in the, in the tournament. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm a little bit like this, but then they took away the yeah. points. That sucks for the place. I mean, imagine you get to, like, the semis and finals and your ranking's, like, 100, which has happened. There is a, a semifinalist that her ranking is maybe around 100, I mean, her ranking would have gone to like 40 after this week, but she's going to stay at 100 because no points. So that's, that's not, not.
1: – that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that, yeah. that's stupid. That is – that doesn't make sense to me as a sports fan. Like, I, I yeah. doesn't register why that would be that way. And, uh, well, I don't like it. I'm sure people are not going to like it. There have been a, a couple changes, I think, speaking of the Nadal-Fritz match today. So today was the – is this the first time the new rule goes into effect, the 10-point the – Tiebreaker at the end. How does that work?
0: So, interestingly enough, two years was it two years ago? God, I'm, all my years are coming. Like, is it pre pandemic or after pandemic? I know, it's a blur. The first time it happened was Roger Federer playing the final against Novak Djokovic, the first final where it had the 10 point oh. tiebreak. And guess what happened? It came down to the 10 Don't point tiebreak. Everyone was like, what it are the did. chances that this final is going to come down to the 10 point tiebreak? So that was the first final that was actually played for the 10 point tiebreak. And a lot of federal, federal fans felt hard done by because he was kind of winning the, his service games quite easily. And he was sucking in the tiebreaks. He lost every tiebreak in that final. And so, but he did have two, set, two match points on his serve. So he kind of should have won the match. But um, yeah, so we've had it for about, <laughs> I believe this is the third year. Um, the yeah, third, the third yeah. year, I believe. We've had Do it you like final. it?
1: I mean, does it. I love
0: it. I love it. Do today people, is, is, is that
1: just to avoid the 37? Yeah.
0: It's exactly right. Thought, it's, it, it was a perfect example of today it's because Nadal's struggling with a stomach muscle strain, you know, he's going to have to see how he does, wakes up tomorrow. He has a tough match against Nick Kyrgios in semis. Oh. But you imagine if he's like holding serve and it gets like 16, 14 in the fifth, and then they're, they're, just, they're just done for the semifinal, you know, so it's a great thing. Right, 10-point tiebreak is a little bit longer than first to seven. So that I know it sounds weird, like first to seven as opposed to first to ten, but it actually is quite mentally a lot tougher to get to ten. So I think it's a great thing, and it stops yeah. these ridiculous, like sixty what was it that stupid scoreline with John Isner, sixty to fifty eight or whatever. I oh. mean that is just so dumb. So that's that <laughs> is the match that made the ten point tiebreak available.
1: Uh, as a per- yeah, I it's funny because you don't have to know much about tennis, but when I hear John Isner, I I immediately think longest match, uh, a just ridiculously long match. TV, I'm yep. sure, is very happy to have gotten rid of even the threat of that. So yeah, we're going to have Nadal Curios, Curios obviously is a um, a polarizing figure. I feel like I read more about him for uh, either off the court or sort of what he's wearing at Wimbledon. Like, it's nothing really about his game ever. What can we expect crowd-wise? I mean, is he going to get booed a lot? How is this going to play out? I don't think you get
0: booed. I think, the you know, look, Those stands get filled when he plays because you never know what Nick's going to do. And his tennis, he does the most unbelievable things on the tennis court. I mean, he has incredible hands, It's a massive serve, he's entertaining, you never know what he's going to (laughs) do. So, I mean, I think it's mixed with that. Like, what's he going to do on the court today? And then also there's that kind of like watching a train wreck, what's going to happen? So I think there's a kind of juxtaposition with his personality and also the way he plays. And then you've got the consummate professional in Nadal who's literally going to, like, kill himself for every ball to win the match. So it's kind of like, you know, Nick the other day against Tsitsipas is literally yelling out, I don't care about this. I don't even want to be here. <laughs> I mean, he dropped so many F-bombs. Jesus. It was a joke. What is I mean, doing? if he'd been on, like, NBC or ABC, it would have been, like, every five seconds it would have been bleep, 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 bleep. It was a joke. So Ow. I don't know. I, I, and no they, one can stop they, that. I'm, like, there's nothing you can do, right? I mean, we as commentators are sitting in the green room. We're like, can someone please give him a warning? Because it's cumulative. So if he'd got a warning, then a point, then a game, and then done, right? So at some point, we were all saying, it's up oh, to yeah. the umpire. The umpire screwed up. I mean, get on him earlier. So, and then Sitsapas was losing his mind. I mean, the guys were out of their minds in that match. I don't even know what was going on. It was like an MMA fight. It was like something you would like, Beatle. I know, (laughs) I'm like,
1: yeah, this is all tennis. No, some would say men are maybe, I don't know, a little too emotional is what I've heard about the gender, but (laughs) that's what I hear. Um, So this is, I know this one kind of shocked me a little bit, but no, I guess not really considering the time off, but Serena Williams not being in this feels like something's really missing, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, she had an unbelievable first round against Harmony Tan, and good for Harmony Tan. I think Harmony made it through three more matches, which made everybody feel like, oh, gee, it wasn't such a bad loss, you know. Another player who's like literally this week going right. to go down to some challenger in the middle of nowhere because she got no points out of this, but it was sad to <laughs> see her lose. But honestly, for me, watching what happened to her last year, which was literally walk off the court in excruciating pain, crying you'd never want to see the greatest of all time walk off the tennis court like that and never see her again so i think a lot of it had to do with just right. her coming back to this place that has meant so much to her and actually just i don't know play even one match without being injured and actually giving mm. and to be quite honest with the atmosphere was so unbelievable that was kind of even though she lost it was kind of nice that she had that moment again on center court that's meant so much to her through the year. so yeah but sad she's not Clearly in the latter part of the tournament.
1: Yeah, it feels a little weird. Even, even for me, it feels a little weird. Um, the, the one person I want to talk about, and then we're going to go have some fun. We'll take a quick break and do all that. So Naomi Osaka, I, I'm, I am fascinated by mm. her, her story, wherever this journey is headed. Like, I don't know where to put her in sort of the way I categorize stories and athletes and, and what, what they're all doing. What do you think? How do you think this plays out for her? Because she, of course, withdrew. Like, she's she never made it to Wimbledon. That was not a thing. So what happens next? Yeah, well, she was injured. Um, so
0: she decided not to come and play. And I think she's getting herself ready for the hard court, which is by far her best surface. You know, look, she's starting a media company. She's doing NFTs and, um, you know, all these crazy things outside of tennis. And good for her. You know, qu- quite honestly, she's probably got $100 million in the bank. Never has to worry about working a day in her life. Damn! She's a she's a Hall of Famer. She's won multiple Grand Slams, um, three. And so, I mean, but she is such a superstar that we need her back winning matches. And, you know, let's hope, I think it was a good idea for her to pull out. She was injured. She hurt herself um, in the lead up to the French Open. So I think she's probably getting herself physically ready to go for the hard court. And she'll be one of the favourites at the US Open for sure. Even without a lot of matches, she's so dangerous. But...
1: Yeah, I mean, she's, she's a superstar. There's no question about it. I know. It's just that part of this sort of new generation that they have not just one focus. They've got a thousand things going on, and they're sort of trying to dominate all these different industries at the same time. Um, and we see it across the board in all of sports. Sometimes I wonder, though, because, you know, we all grew up with the stories of the great athletes of our time and the focus that it took and the concentration that it took, and they were just – a lot of them were one-track-minded. Until they retired, that's all they thought about So I wonder if this is doing anything to this new generation. Is it diluting perhaps the product that they give us in the competitive field, or is there room enough for everyone to do everything?
0: I think there's room enough to do certain things. I don't think doing a ton of things. I mean, Emma Raducanu, who won the US Open last year, I mean, she's been on every cover of every magazine and doing tons of... There's a limit, I think, you know, and interestingly enough, if you read um, Nick Kyrgios's post-match interview today, one of the things that he said is, I'm really taking this seriously. I'm going home after my matches. I'm just watching TV. I'm not doing a lot of social media. I'm not going out to dinner. I'm not – I mean, Nick would be seen out, and I mean out, like at pubs or like nightclubs. I mean, there's a place here at Wimbledon Village, which I'll take you to, right. Beetle when you do come here next year. It's yes. Called the, it's Deal. called the Dog and Fox, and it is been known to be frequented by a lot of tennis players. And Nick being one of them, even when he was in the tournament, but he is taking, He's <laughs> trying to take this seriously. So there is a balance, but there has to be more of a balance on tennis. If you want to be successful, you've got to be yeah. thinking tennis.
1: Yeah. Do we get to see Roger Federer back? Oh, right. God.
0: Uh, I mean, I hope so because, man, that guy walked into Wimbledon the other day. He was here for the celebration of 100 years. I mean, nobody looks better in a suit. His hair was coiffed perfectly. <laughs> he got the biggest cheer when he walked onto the tennis court. He is, you know, Beyond Borg back in the 70s was that guy, right? Good looking, successful, unbelievably successful. He just had that swagger, but he retired sadly at like 25, 26. And then Roger Oof. became that new Beyond Borg and then played 10 more years. So he's just you know, he's he's the most incredible ambassador for the sport. He's the total opposite to Rafa because Rafa, you know, the hair is everywhere. He's sweating all over the place. He's like, you know, but R- Roger just does everything. He's, he's, he's so cut. Hard.
1: He's like, yeah.
0: He's just, he's just, he's like the guy on the cover of GQ and he just walks onto a tennis court. But I hope so. I hope you'll be back um, at
1: least for one more go around.
0: Um, just one more go around. That's all we want, Roger. Just one more.
1: So a proper goodbye instead of just sort of like, is he done? Because I, I, I think that would be nice for everyone. fans. Well, it's the same thing. That tennis that fans Serena. don't play around. Like, I know when they have their favorites. Oh,
0: my God. And yeah. Like, just, don't go against just, a fed un- fan. You, you'll, be, you'll be in a lot of trouble. But he also got injured. No. Same as Serena. And so we this can't of the last time we saw him. So it would be nice for him to come back and have one more moment
1: in the sun. One more. Just, just one more and then, and then go do whatever you got to do. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We come back, Just uh, I want to talk about new media. New media, old media. I guess you and I are old media. I don't know. We'll be right back. Easy. It's so rude. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com We are back and um, we touched a little bit on Osaka and sort of how she's got a lot going on and and that's part of this newer generation. The young people are just busy and they, they know more about social media. They know more about personal branding. They know how to do so many things. But the idea that former athletes move into the television booth is nothing new, right? Obviously, you are one of them. So why do you think it is? And it's really stemming from the NBA, but I'm seeing it start to leak that now we're trying to put a divide between new media and old media. Do you see a difference or am I crazy? Well, I mean, listen,
0: let's just be straight. If I had made $100 million, I don't think I'd be doing 12 hours of ESPN. Let's put it that way. But I think now, you know, so many of these young generation, they have their own stuff going on. They have their own social networks. I mean, look at Naomi Osaka starting her own media brand to do whatever it is whatever she's going to do it'll be interesting to see what she comes up with because as you know it's not an easy gig to be in right you got to find stories you got to find producers you got to find so oh. we'll, we'll see but um you know there's maybe a new avenue for certainly tennis to look at maybe betting and having betting on the television and i mean you know i mean i'm a big horse racing fan or you know, for example, we can be sitting in the green room and we're having bets all the time with each other. Like, I'll take, I'll take five bucks, 10 bucks. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you're interested in this game or this match going on. Right. So I think there could be a possibility of something like that coming into the future. Um, I think that would be really great because people like you, for example, that maybe don't watch tennis all the time, people that are not watching tennis all the time might be more interested in it. They're putting a little wager on it or, so I think there's something that we could do there going forward, but you know, uh, I think when it comes to the actual athlete moving into the booth, like I said, I think it depends on the time, how much money they made, because yeah. it's, it's a bear. Television is a long, long hours, and I always yeah. tell tennis players, I'm like, play as long as you can. Don't think you're gonna. It's an easy life being in television because it it's not. It's a lot of hours. I mean, Caroline was a lot in of travel. He's got plenty of money.
1: He's doing TV, oh.
0: and I don't know how she's handling it because she's also pregnant. So good luck, girl.
1: <laughs> oh. God, yeah, no, no, no. Well, that, that's funny you should say that though because we're like, you know, on NBA, we see J.J. Redick, we see C.J. McCollum, we see Draymond Green is probably the face of this next wave uh, or generation of, of television folks. Like none of them, I would argue, need any of the money, but yet they have this desire to do it. If you looked at tennis right now, sort of ha- as it's happening, do you see any future TV stars amongst the new generation that you would predict?
0: Oh, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, look at John McEnroe. The guy does every network and he doesn't need the money. <laughs> that guy does not need the money, but he loves, yeah. loves tennis. So I think you have to have that real passion for the game. Um, hmm. Young players, I don't know. I mean, I could see someone like Nick wanting to do something like that. Or, um, you know, I think Roger would be amazing. <laughs> we all here for that. I think Roger would be absolutely oh, amazing yeah. as a tennis analyst because he the way he picks apart the game clearly doesn't need the money, but I could see him doing it from time to time because he loves tennis so much. yeah, so I think I think you've got to be so obsessed and love the game. And you look at someone like Steffi Graf or Andre, I mean, yeah, they don't really they don't want to have anything to do with any broadcast or any television or anything like that. So I think you've got to want to be on television on. And I think you've got to just just want to be soaked in the sport that you love to do television because yeah. it's long hours,
1: yeah, that makes sense. Actually. the passion part of it totally makes sense. Um, there was a, a Venus Williams Jamie Murray press conference. I'm in love <coughs> with this question and answer situation that was done. the uh, if you if you don't know if you're if you're watching and listening to the podcast, so a reporter asked, and there are stupid questions, kids. Just remember that. Uh, are you in it to win or is the first target just to get past the third round where Serena and Andy came a cropper, which what, is that? what does that mean? Came a cropper uh, means they were booted out of the tournament. Came a cropper. I'm going to. OK, I'll use that. Venus, we're in it for a stroll. Come on, reporter. Are you in it for the experience or are you in it to go all the way? By the way, this is Venus Williams you're asking these questions to. She answers, are you going to write a good article? or a halfway decent one. I mean, it's, first of all, very diplomatic answer on her part. sarcastic and yet not too mean. But how many of these, why? Why was that even asked of Venus? Why don't you understand what I'm missing here? Beatle,
0: if I had a dollar for every stupid question that gets asked in post-match <laughs> interviews or press conferences, and it's every sport, every sport. Oh. There is that, there's always that one, yeah. two idiot, douchebag reporters that ask douchey questions. <laughs> and that is an epitome of a the douchey worst. question. Like you're talking to someone who's won 10 billion grand slams and like yeah. he's 40 years of age, you think she's playing for the fun of it? I mean, I was, uh, like, it was so, really, dude? I actually, I retweet. I put it on Instagram and I said, someone needs to pull this guy's credentials. <laughs> That's it.
1: That was d- it was tweet. a man, right? I just want to verify. Wee, oui, wee, oui, that was. A dude. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to point that out because once again, women aren't supposed to be in sports, but here we are with the dumbest well, question of the that, day. <laughs> so, why did you say
0: that? Because I think if a woman asked that question, they'd be like, okay, get her out of here. She's an idiot. She shouldn't be in here. I swear.
1: They would tar and feather her just to the yep. stakes you go. Like yep. just, you're not allowed to ask any, any kind of question that's even remotely. and that, And look, Venus handled it beautifully because you're Venus Williams. Like. I am v- I am one name. I am Venus. There are no other Venuses that we talk about in the world other than DeMilo. And that's a weird thing to talk about. So
0: she is the that being said, uh, the traditions
1: aggressive. of Wimbledon. She's the best passive I mean,
0: aggressor answerer of all time.
1: Well, because she could have been just, she could have flamed him and just, but she didn't. She sort of did it in a way of like, you're stupid, but here I'm going to, I'm going to help you out a little bit. And I, mm-hmm. I respect the grace. Uh, I don't know that everybody would have had that. The the thing I'm going to have to learn about when I go to Wimbledon and you take me around is the traditions. We all know the grass court. Yes, grass court's synonymous. We are, okay. But all white for the players. Yep. I also am going to have to dress really nicely because I have been paying attention to the actual crowd. Strawberries and cream. Is this good or is this overrated like the mint julep at the Kentucky Derby is overrated?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sitting on the fence a little bit. I think the strawberries are great. <laughs> um, strawberries yeah. are great. Yeah, fair. Cream for me is a little bit too runny. I would rather a little bit thicker. Ew. my personal favorite here actually is yeah, gone or the scone. And you open it up, you put a Ooh, little jam. Oh yes, little little double clotted cream. That's my favorite. Yo,
1: oh, that's the good stuff. That I'll eat all day.
0: That's my personal favorite. And I did it okay. a pims tonight. I love a pims. That's a good tradition. I don't know if you've had a pims.
1: I've had a pims, but I don't. I'd have to do it again. Um I just like saying it it just sounds so cute and fun. And then the the ticket situation. Yeah. It's not as easy as one would think. Like you have to actually get in line and wait for how long exactly?
0: Oh god, hours and hours and hours. And if but beats this is my point for you. You better hurry up and get me before I'm dead or uh not playing <laughs> in the old park anymore. Because I can swear you I away know. with some tickets girl, but but it is quite an endeavor to get a ticket. But wow. when people leave the court a center court or a court one. They actually give the tickets back. They use the money for charity and they resell those tickets, which is why you often see Wimbledon never empty because people wait for hours and hours and a day to get a ticket to get onto center court. So they resell them, they give all that
1: money to charity. So it's a really good thing. That's crazy. No, you know, you have to want to go to something if you're willing to do all of that for this because you can't go online. We're so used to, like, let me just buy some tickets real quick. That's not, that is not an option here, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So it's happening. It's going to happen next season. I'm going to go ahead and start putting it in my brain. I'm coming next year. I'm coming next year. Quick break. We're coming back to wrap things up with one very important would you rather question for Renee. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? I love would you rather's because they make me think, and then like three days later, I think of another answer. So, our would you rather today is obviously going to be tennis based. It is <clears throat> would you rather play tennis in flip flops for the rest of your life or play tennis with a badminton racket for the rest of your life? Go.
0: I mean, in flip flops, that would mean I'm at a beach somewhere and in a lovely. Atmosphere. Flip flops oh. all
1: day. You're not worried about the I mean, I'm thinking crashes and falls are gonna be real bloody in flip-flops. No, nah, no. I can handle it,
0: Beetle. I'm a, I'm an Aussie. I've been in as we call them, thongs.
1: Thongs. I knew it. I was like, I think they're thongs. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I've been in thongs Damn my it. whole life. I'm good with it. By the way, I just want them to cut. I've been in thongs my whole life. And then that's just the thing we play over and over again for America. <laughs> like that's what I want to do. Uh by the way, nice branding with the shirt. Hello, tell everyone, please, because I'm like, see, we know how to brand stuff, old people. What is it?
0: Well, this is uh, my little racket magazine. Um, and I, my, my podcast used to be called The Racket Magazine Podcast, but we decided to rebrand it as I love. The Renee Stubbs podcast, Tennis Podcast, brought to you Smart. by Racket Magazine. Uh, this is my buddy, Caitlin Thompson and Dave Shaftel. They have an amazing uh, magazine. I wish I had a copy here. Of Record Magazine, and we do a lot of speaking of media, getting into all that. So that's why I got it. Yeah, it's also comfortable.
1: <laughs> no, I'm telling you, people think we can't brand because we're over a certain age, but we know how to brand. Okay, we know what to do, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I am I'm so happy to- we were able to grab you. I know the time difference. Yeah, I want a shirt by the way. Send me a shirt or a hat. <gasps> do you have hats? I like hats. Uh, no, but I'm trying
0: to get them to make bucket hats. So oh, I love a bucket
1: hat. Yes, all day, you and me both.
0: I'll I'll send you one. I have your address. Yeah,
1: I want to I'm give in. it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. Next time you're stateside. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure. I know it's nighttime there. I also want you to get some sleep because I don't want your voice to go out because you got you got a few more days and uh, some coaching to do. So, Renee Stubbs, I miss you and I'm so happy you were able to make this happen today. Beetle,
0: always for you, my friend.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, I'll see you soon. By the way, as a reminder, text us, tweet us, do all that stuff. 631 397 0403. That's the number. We'll see you guys next time. Bye! Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, The widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.